On today's edition of the show, we'll be discussing the Florida Panthers avoiding to get swept by the rebuilding Chicago Blackhawks. Today, we bring in Jack Bushman of the Locked on Chicago Blackhawks podcast to discuss the season that is for the Blackhawks, the trade deadline, how the Hawks are playing for their coach, Luke Richardson, and forecasting the future of this team on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Chicago Blackhawks podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making both the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Chicago Blackhawks podcast your first listen of the day. For everybody on the Blackhawks feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez, the host of Locked On Panthers. You can follow me on Twitter at monoman 12 and very thankful to be doing yet another crossover with my good friend and the host of Locked On Blackhawks, Jack Bushman. Jack, great to be to- getting together with you once again for another crossover. Absolutely, man. Always good, to- good when we can get together and do one of these shows. Blackhawks and Panthers don't play enough anymore. It's not 2020 where we're in the same division and we were doing these shows five or six times in the matter of three months. But uh, always good together to get get uh, a chat in. I know our teams are kind of in two different places in the standings right now, but I'm intrigued to see kind of your feelings about the Florida Panthers and their season thus far. This is the second meeting between these two teams, mm-hmm. right? This is the, yeah, yeah. But the, the last one was way back in October. So it's been quite some time since we've touched base on where our franchises are at. So I'm super excited to get into it, bro. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because you and I, uh, in between those matchups, we met in person in between going up to Chicago and all that stuff. And I also want to tell you happy players week and everyone who, uh, everyone, every hockey fan on the Blackhawks and Panthers feed who happens to watch golf, happy players week to you too. And for you, uh, for you, happy early birthday as, as well as you, you're celebrating a, a birthday on, on Saturday, as you'll be on the second end of a back-to-back against the Tampa Bay Lightning on 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 Saturday night. But first, got to take care of the, the the game against the Florida Panthers. But let's get right into that, my friend. And you know, it's been we knew what the mission was for for the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course, uh, Kyle Davidson taking over for o- over a year now. The the accumulation of assets. I'm I'm looking right here. Six first round picks in the next three years could be seven, depending on the conditions of Patrick Kane. Eight for um, second round picks. Three, uh, um, five third round picks. Man, what a what a haul that Kyle Davidson has been able to do in 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 just the past off season, and of course this one. Of course, Patrick Kane uh, is the is the big trade uh, chip for the Chicago Blackhawks, Sam Lafferty and, uh, and Jake McCabe going to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Max Domi, which I thought a lot of people thought that Max Domi was going to stay uh, in, in Chicago felt, felt like that he got a, a decent role for, for himself there. How are you feeling about what, what the Blackhawks have done post trade deadline? Yeah, I'm really happy with all the moves that Kyle Davidson has made really not, not only just at this deadline, but, since he's taken over as general manager of the Blackhawks, 
the first day he outlined what this franchise was going to do. And part of that, sadly, is trading away key pieces. The guys you just mentioned, obviously, Patrick Kane being the big one, franchise icon, three-time Stanley Cup champion, won everything there basically is to win in the game of hockey while here in Chicago. In my opinion, the greatest Chicago Blackhawk of all time. Trading players away like that, um, it, it's obviously never fun. And there's other guys who, you know, were bright spots on this team. Jake McCabe was having a phenomenal season. Uh, Sam Lafferty really made a name for himself and solidified himself as an NHLer here in Chicago. You mentioned Max Domi really carved out a solid role for himself in his short time here too. It sucks getting rid of those types of players, but at the end of the day, that's what you got to do when you're in the midst of a full-blown rebuild. And at the same time, the Blackhawks weren't having a ton of success with those players either. It's not like these were really guys that are going to get you over the hump. They're more valuable to teams that are trying to win the Stanley Cup and they can add them as depth pieces. They're not the names and faces of the franchise other than Patrick Kane, obviously, but it stinks getting rid of those guys, Armando, but you just listed off all the draft picks the Blackhawks have accumulated over the next three NHL drafts, at least two first round picks in all of them, a plethora of second and thirds. And I know you got to hit on those draft picks to really have you know, to, to maximize on the value of that. Kyle Davidson's only had one draft class so far, obviously. And a lot of those players are, are looking, it's still early, obviously, but a lot of those guys are looking sharp with their respected junior and collegiate programs. So it does have me super excited as a Blackhawks fan about what this team potentially could be building back for a year later. You know, it, it obviously sounds terrible when you got to start at the ground floor and you're at the first steps and it's like, oh boy, this is, this is going to be a process here. This is going to be a long time coming. And just a year later, I feel way more confident and comfortable about what the Blackhawks are trying to build and the direction they're trying to head in. So I really like everything that Kyle Davidson has done. Um, now the next goal is continuing to develop those draft picks that he's already made in ensuring that they're going to make the most out of the draft picks that they do have. That's the next step of the rebuild Armando, but it is nice to be in that phase and you can start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, getting a little bit brighter here. So uh, as bad as the Blackhawks have been this year and as miserable as it's been to watch them a lot of nights, um, it, it is a, a weirdly comfortable feeling that I have that, okay, we're, we're starting to see things build and come together here. The pieces, um, they're still a ways away, but like I said, it's it's a significant step in the right direction from where they were a year ago. So, yeah, it, it's tough getting rid of Patrick Kane, man. I got You can see all the stuff in my background. I mean, I basically grew up on the guy. He was my childhood idol, um, but it was just kind of the next thing that had to happen. Fortunately, you know, the leverage situation, they weren't able to capitalize on it. But all things considered, man, Kyle Davidson has done a, a phenomenal job. I really don't have any gripes about any of the trades that he's made so far as the general manager of this club. Yeah, and of course, Patrick Kane using his no-movement clause to his advantage, something that he earned after winning the Stanley Cup. And then you talk about the one draft class that he's had, of course, going from zero picks to three. Uh, Kevin Korzynski in Rockford, uh, Frank Nazar at the University of Michigan, and then Sam Reisel in the USHL. So they're not they're, – it, it feels like purposely they're not bringing these guys in and letting them develop a little more right before they're ready to hit the the uh, big club. Uh, and – it, it it's kind of the the Blackhawks are also in a weird situation too, where 
they didn't they they knew they weren't gonna trade Jonathan Taze due to dealing with long COVID as well and 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 all and what's that situation like is is it going to be a situation where you bring the captain back for one more or do you think he walks it's so intriguing um my gut feeling is i don't really know what there is for him to come back to especially now that patrick Kane's gone it's like he's the last guy around and you know while i do think it's another situation where the blackhawks are going to be willing to do whatever jonathan taves wants i think they'd prefer to kind of just start fresh and go in a different direction now they'll never say that publicly and maybe they don't feel that way that that's just kind of the the vibes that i'm getting and and even from jonathan taves like he he's publicly made some comments over the last couple of years like he has not been really on board with all the decisions the blackhawks have made in the full blown rebuild and i get it's got to be frustrating for him as a competitor and a guy who's trying to get back and win now at this stage of his career I wouldn't really be signed up for that either so uh, I would not be surprised if those two kind of mutually decided to part ways unfortunately it it is with that being the likely scenario Armando the result is the Blackhawks are going to get nothing in return for Jonathan Taves which I feel like he probably would have commanded a, a, a second or maybe a third, depending on if they could have gotten a third team involved to take some of that salary cap down like they did with Patrick Kane as the Arizona Coyotes were the third team involved there. But still, the right decision ultimately it, for me is the Blackhawks to fulfill whatever wishes Jonathan Taze has. Both he and Patrick Kane earned that right to do what they want to do and what's best for them. And um while that did kind of hurt the Blackhawks in the return for Patrick Kane, I still think it was the right decision 10 times out of 10 to remain on a good basis with a player like that who did everything for the city and for the franchise, revitalized the sport literally in the city of Chicago. Like you want to be on good terms with him throughout the rest of his career and after to maybe bring him back as an ambassador, you know, fans are going to want to interact with him and he'll always be respected here in Chicago. This is always going to be his home. And I feel like Jonathan Taze has obviously earned those same rights. So um, whatever I, you know, I think is just purely speculation at this point. I do think the more likely situation is they part ways, but ultimately they are going to do whatever Jonathan Taves does at this point. who, Who knows what that is. I think he's just kind of, concerned with trying to get back on the ice right now, which hopefully could be sometime here by the end of March. We've heard that he's been around in the gym. He hasn't been back on the ice recently. So there's kind of no updates on that front, but uh, the first announcement when that stuff kind of, when the news got broken that the Blackhawks weren't going to be trading him, um, the expectation was that it it wasn't going to be as long-term as what forced him to miss the entire season a few years back, that he would be able to rejoin the Blackhawks before the end of the season. And it would be cool uh, to see Jonathan Taves have a couple more memories in a Blackhawks sweater and at the United Center, if this is, in fact, the end of his time here as well. Yeah, for sure. And, and of course, they you mentioned that they want to do right by by their a, a franchise player, uh, for, for sure. But we're going to we're going to we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to flip it over to Jack and he's going to ask me any Florida Panthers related questions that he has on on his mind. But first, we're going to tell you guys all about FanDuel Sportsbook. 
And we're at the midway point of the NBA season. It's here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from a money line, point scores, two, three straight. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet to up to $1,000 when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, back here for segment two. I got some good questions for you, Armando, because I, I really am curious as to your thoughts about what's gone on with the Florida Panthers here. 32-27-6 and six at this point in the season. Obviously, it's a tight points race in the wild card out in the Eastern Conference. And I, I got to think with all the hype behind the Florida Panthers in the offseason, obviously it was an early departure after a very successful regular season last year. Um, well, well, maybe... I, I don't know. I, I felt like the expectations were, again, super high for this franchise, and it feels like they haven't met those yet. Can you talk to me about um, your feelings as to where the Panthers are at right now and maybe your main reasons why they haven't hit the stride that you'd like them to see at this point in the season? Well, I was still expecting them to be a top three team in, in the Atlantic division, uh, but who would who would have who would have predicted that Boston would have played – as well as they have, of course, a, co- a coaching change uh, from Bruce Cassidy to Jim Montgomery. Linus Allmark is looking like a, a, ve- a li- like most likely the Vesna Trophy winner. And, of course, uh, what they were able to buy in uh, Dimitri Orlov and Garnet Hathaway there. Uh, and, of course, that has a lot to do with it. But, of course, with the, going back to the Panthers uh, and, and them, it was just uh, really, uh, for, for them, it, it's, been the, it's been the same same thing, goals against. And for the first month and a half, Sergey Bobrovsky was posting an 888 GAA in the first month and a half of the season. But to, to, let, let, me, let me read you this since, since January 1. 919 save percentage and a 260 goals against average. Uh, and in his last four games, one goal at five on five and a 957 save percentage for, for Sergey Bobrovsky. So he has been the reason why the Florida Panthers have turned it around. Of course, there's the big trade of Matthew Kachuk. Of course, shipping out Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger, so you're going to miss something, especially on the back end. Uh, and Huberto is not looking to have a great season up there in in, in Calgary, even though he got the game winning assist to Tyler Toffoli uh, for uh, against the Dallas Stars the other day, which was a great play by uh, Huberto. But of course, uh, and after this year, they'll be they'll be freed of a lot of dead cap, which was which was Keith Yandel's contract as well. So it's a combination of different things. It's, it's a combination of New coach in town as well, which um, the Florida Panthers, their penalty kill is not good. Like that's the that that's the that's the best way to to put it for 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 this team. Uh, even Shank, they're at a plus twenty two. Like their goal differential, if you look on NHL.com, it says plus three. But at even strength at, at five on five, it's plus twenty two. So you get this team at five on five, the the, the Panthers can can score with the best of them. And all it's just uh special teams has just been an, an issue and and the thing is for the panthers they are at their healthiest right now in, in that they've been all season of course patrick hornquist is on ltir likely not to return uh, this season after suffering his second concussion of the season but anthony duclair made his uh 
his return just a few weeks ago. His debut was against the Buffalo Sabres and has played a few games now. And now he's been inserted on that top line. And that top line, buzzing. Uh, they, they, you have Barkov at Toulouse-Terrain in there, two defensive uh, forwards who can go to battle near the boards. And, of course, Anthony Duclair using his speed. Matthew Kachuk is, even when the Panthers were not playing well, he was the bright spot for the Panthers, continuing to get on the on the scoreboard as well. Uh, and 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 Carter Hagee, um, he's this is his first thirty goal season uh, in in the on the NHL level, and he was a he was a guy on that Tampa Bay Lightning uh, Stanley Cup team, the first go round. That was just uh, one of those players that you can't afford to pay because, uh, of course, uh, you, when you're a cup winning team and you're up against the cap, sometimes you got to let people go. And and the now in his third season with the Panthers, he's uh, he's about to out. He's about to score the most goals he has in the NHL and the AHL. He's, I think, he's about like three goals away uh, from from doing that. And he's been he's been such a bright spot. But it's just been the the de- the decor for the Panthers. Of course, I I think Gus Forsling. I, I like Gus Forsling. I think he's more suited as a number two. And I and Aaron Ekblad, he got hurt in the fourth game of the season against the Boston Bruins. Um, was put placed on LTIR for a few months, and I still think he's playing hurt. I I, st- I don't think he's a really healthy this season, and along with a, along with a vet, aging veteran in Mark Stahl, I will say I will give a lot of credit to Brandon Montour. My goodness, he's taken out a bigger role. His ice time is up. He's he's has a bigger role on the power play for for the Panthers, but it's just as a collective with that decor, it's it's it it's got to be something. It's not something that's going to be fixed uh, right away, and the Panthers are were in a position prior to the trade deadline where like, are they buyers? Are they sellers? They went all in last year. Some, some of the moves that the Panthers made last trade deadline is something you would do in two trade deadlines. So in the, in this one, they're, they were the only team in the national hockey league to not make a trade during the trade deadline. It's crazy because Chicago, I believe they had nine, if I'm not mistaken, but, but Florida had zero. And I think it's a little bit of not just a reset, as far as assets and shipping them out, but as far as a mental reset for for this team too, knowing that they're right there, you've already your your pool is pretty depleted. Let's just see what let's just see what they got, and hey, hopefully hopefully for them they make a run, and that's what they're banking on right now. Yeah, I wanted to ask you kind of uh, about the decor you mentioned. Um, Brandon Montour obviously is putting up really big numbers. He's proven to be uh, a premier defenseman in this league, a, a real big coming out party for him the last couple of years. Aaron Ekblad not putting up great numbers, but I thought it was interesting to hear you say that he's playing injured because when, when looking at this Florida Panthers decor on paper, you, you can't love it. I mean, you can't feel maybe this is going to sound rude and I'm sorry if it does, bro, but you can't feel good about this decor, like trying to make a push into the Stanley cup playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Like Gustav Forsling and Radko Gudis, I feel like, or like you said with Forsling is a second pairing defenseman. I kind of think the same as Gudis stay at home. Rough, rough guy can play in penalty kill in all defensive situations, but it just feels like the depth isn't there. And it feels like, You've talked about that's really what's been killing the team this season. The penalty kills bad. The goals against are bad. We know the Florida Panthers can score with everybody. Now, now that they're they are still right there in the Eastern Conference, on the cusp of making the playoffs potentially if they can string it together in this final month here. 
But do you have confidence in this decor to, to get it done? I'm curious as your thoughts on this, on this defense as a whole. Yeah. I, they've been better. They've been better uh, as, as far, as far as, as the, in the last few weeks. And listen, as far as rush chances allowed for, for the Panthers, they're one of, they're one of the lowest as, as far as, as far as, uh, as far as giving up rush chances is about turnovers in their own zone about get about. And whenever they're trying to break out of their own zone, that's the issue for the Panthers as far as that. And thankfully Sergey Bobrovsky many times has been able to, to, to bail the, the Panthers out. I mean, the Panthers last year, I believe they're at 4.16 goals per game this year. They're at 3.37 you can't outscore all your problems this year and it's and it's and it's really showing uh, for for the Panthers and they got away with a lot of that last uh, last year but and of course uh, the goaltending was and and the decor was a lot better of course Mackenzie Weger man what what the Panthers were able to do to get him for as a 7th round pick and to to number one pair defenseman too uh, what what a, what a what a find for 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 the Panthers but you know you he both him and who well Huberto is in his 30s but um Uyghur, he he was in his late he was in his late 20s going into their his, their his 30s so i i kind of understand why Bill Zito wanted to to trade both of them for Matthew Kachuk and then they're they're ba- they're also banking on cap space next 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 offseason this coming offseason for for them and we don't we don't know what that's going to look like especially with the RSN uh um situation going on with Bally sports too um we we don't know what that's going to look like but they're going to have around 11 million to play with um and as far as their as far as their uh big rfas uh spencer knight's already taken care of he's gonna he's gonna he's already extended uh the the main the big decision one is gregory denisenko who still hasn't scored his first nhl goal um and it's been up and down between uh, florida and charlotte this season my last question I have for you before we kind of get into our third and final segment here is uh, what are your thoughts about Paul Maurice? Because it felt like a lot of, at least a lot of what I was seeing on social media around the Andrew Brunette decision not to bring him back and then go this direction with Paul Maurice maybe wasn't uh, particularly a favorite decision of the fans of Florida. Um, obviously it looks worse when the team isn't finding the same success that they quite did last year. But at the end of the day, they are still in the playoff picture. Who knows how this last month is going to go? Uh, it's kind of just how how the game of hockey works. It looks bad until it doesn't. You never really know what you have. But what are your thoughts on Paul Maurice so far in his tenure as head coach? A lot of the fan base is upset. And tweets are firing saying, fire Paul Maurice. And of course, and you said it best. I'm glad that you prefaced that question saying when the success isn't what it was last year. And with expectation comes major disappointment. And with everything that I listed with cap situation, trading, trading a, 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 a Mackenzie Weger as part of that trade, uh, this was this was always seen as a gap year for for the Panthers. And I, I know the and I'm rehashing back to the decor. It, it, this was a problem even before they even played a single game, and this was looked at on paper for the Panthers. This is going to be an issue for 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 them going into it but as far as as i feel like that paul maurice at times has, has weathered storms uh for for this panthers team the the panthers have only won three game winning streak all season and 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 it's been a constant of ups and downs inconsistencies for for the panthers but they haven't but lately the reason why they're back in this 
playoff race is because they haven't gone on those extended losing streaks too. So sometimes they're going stretches of two and one um, here, here and there. Um, so, so they're, they're, they're keeping, they're keeping some footing into the playoff race and, and still, and le let's not forget that this is still a, a group that has been, has a little bit of a taste of what it's like to win too. And Paul Maurice, he's been to, he's been to multiple conference finals. He's been to a Stanley cup final, even though he got swept in, um, in, in the early two thousands, but it, it's a, it's a guy who knows how to get the pulse of, to the pulse of the locker room know how to calm things down whenever things do get a little antsy so that's what i could appreciate ab about the the coaching for 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 the panthers is it is it ne was it necessarily my first choice no and is it i i was actually giving some grades for, as far as job that zito and paul Maurice does i gave him a c on the season um as as of this point and it still stands uh, I'm, I'm, but it, 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 as far as weathering storms, Paul Maurice has been able to do that. And, and that is, uh, that is what you see out of the veteran coach. Yeah. Well, we'll see how he can weather the storm here in these final, what, 18 games of the regular season here. Uh, it should be interesting in the Eastern conference. We get down to it. I think our third and final segment, we're doing some looking around the league, some tankathon standings, some Eastern conference playoff race standings. what do you want to get into for our final segment? Yeah, let's. Uh, I well, let's talk about that uh, for for our uh, final segment. And I have a question for you, Jack. It's the same thing. It's the same question I asked JD, except I'm going to raise the number a little bit because his was way over. It's an over under question. All right. So the question is over under the amount of times you look at Tankathon in a week at at nine point five over. Or under? Are you asking me personally? Yes. You want to hear something crazy? Uh-huh. I haven't done it once. Wow. I haven't done it a single time. What? JD told me it's like 20 times a week for him. <laughs> yeah, they're all... I don't know what just happened to my camera. I apologize as I moved closer. But uh, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, it just... I feel like it is what it is. I understand that if you have the worst record in the NHL, you're still not guaranteed anything. I feel like it's, it's only building you up for failure. And like, I don't want to get overly excited. I know what the Blackhawks are in, are in store to potentially do here. Like I, I know they're in the right spots. So um, for me, it's just kind of like, leave it alone, let it be. And maybe it'll happen. I don't know. I, I just haven't been too, too worried about it. I feel like things are just going to fall into place and uh, it's going to work out the way that it's supposed to at the end of the day. Huh. Inter interesting. I, 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 I was going to, I was going to, I was going to guess that it was a good, a good number as far, because I, I originally asked JD his over under at 4.5 and his, he told me it was way over. So it's funny because you even said about the Blackhawks that I think in our October uh, crossover saying that you didn't think that they were going to be the worst team in, in the NHL right now, that title, as far as points percentage belongs to the Columbus Blue Jackets and Chicago and San Jose, Anaheim is is right there as far as as far as the 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 race for Connor Bedard as far as that. But it's it's crazy. You, every single night, it's just wondering how what are the lottery ball chances uh, for for each uh, team. Uh, as far as scoreboard uh, watching for the Panthers, the worst case scenario did happen for the Panthers as far as their the Islanders. Uh, 
Penguins game with the Islanders uh, winning four to three uh, in, um, past regulation against the Penguins. But the Buffalo Sabres did lose to the Dallas Stars 10 to four on on Thursday night. As and as of right now, the Ottawa Senators are winning three to one against the Seattle Kraken uh, on the road. So Panthers have passed the Buffalo Sabres in points percentage and so many games in hand were needing to be made up and the Panthers are going to have a lot of rest after Saturday's game against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and it, it's funny the way, and and I guess we can, pre- um, I, I guess that we could transition that to tonight's uh, game Friday night for, for the Panthers uh, for, for the Blackhawks, of course, with a lot of trade pieces traded away. Now the leading goal scorer currently on the team is Taylor Radish at 16 uh, of, and Andreas Athanasiu, which we kind of thought that he was going to get something uh, as far as uh, trade, for, for the Chicago Blackhawks. But as far as the as far as uh tonight's game, uh Paul Maurice did say that Sergey Bobrovsky will be starting for for the Florida Panthers against the against the Chicago Blackhawks. And it might be a situation, Jack, where because he had two days off, the Panthers have the schedule has been very favorable for the Panthers in the month of March. They're in the middle of a seven-game homestand. This is game number four. And there might be a situation where the Panthers, these two days off before, Bob Bobrovsky might start both of them, and then they'll have four days off before they welcome the Montreal Canadiens to town. So that's a little bit on the on the Panthers side as as far as as far as tonight's game. As far as the Blackhawks side, last matchup, three to nothing to start for for the Blackhawks against the Panthers. They put up a lot of shots on Alex Stalock, but. Uh, it was one of those games where they got goalied, and uh, we we spoke about we even spoke about how at the time, are you uh, if you were worried about the Blackhawks off to a good start, and then you even said it best is like the losses are going to come. It's a long season; it's an eighty-two game season. Look where we are for for the Blackhawks too. As far as tonight's matchup, is there any announcement of who the starting goaltender will be? Oh, we haven't heard anything yet, but if I had to guess with the Blackhawks being on a back-to-back, they'll play the Tampa Bay Lightning on my birthday for the second consecutive year, which is just lovely. Get the Lightning on my birthday, great. Last year, I did did bet on Brandon Hagel to score on my birthday, though, against the Blackhawks in his first game against them since the trade. He cashed in for the empty netter, which was very lovely <laughs> for me, boy. But um, I, I would guess that Peter Morazic is probably going to be the one to start this game. Alex Stalock has gone each of the last two games this week for the Blackhawks. He had a shutout on Monday night against Ottawa and then got absolutely bombarded with shots on Wednesday night against the Detroit Red Wings. He was the sole reason why that game was even close. So I feel like the coaching staff is likely going to give Stalock an extra day off to have him prepared for the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. So my guess is, yeah, it's going to be Morazic probably soon enough for the Blackhawks, which is probably good news for Florida Panthers fans who are desperately needing a win in this game. You'd rather have Peter Morazic in that if you're a Panthers fan, for sure. Yeah, uh, Peter Morazic with an 891 uh, save percentage, 3.74 uh, GAA. And of course, uh, but before we move on, though, before we move on, sorry to interrupt you, but no it, it was totally funny how, I forgot how long ago that first meeting was between these two teams where legitimately that was, I think when the Blackhawks were like four, two and one out of the gate and everybody's like, Holy moly, hold October your 25th. Yeah. October was before Halloween, dude. What are we doing? People were saying, Oh, are you worried about the tank? No, I didn't. I, 
you mentioned earlier, I didn't think the Blackhawks were going to be the worst team in the league this year. I thought they'd be like where the Arizona Coyotes are right now, like fourth, fifth worst team in the league. Um, I am quite happy that they're not in the spot that I thought they were going to be in. Um, but I think we all knew that the losses were going to pile up, right? It's just, it's like anything you give your knee jerk reaction and it usually doesn't go well. You got to let the dust settle and take things for what they are. But that is crazy to think how long ago that first meeting was when the Blackhawks were still kind of fun somewhat and everyone was still on the team. Yeah. Better days, Armando, better days, but we did win that game somehow. Yeah. Uh, I, just looking uh, back, back at that game, uh, 31 shots to 22 uh, for in favor of the Panthers on that one. And uh, I was, I got to, I got to watch a little bit of uh, Monday night's uh, game against the Ottawa Senators, the five, nothing win. And then of course, uh, Brady Kachuk uh, and Alex Stalot just going at it. And then of course saw a little bit of Wednesday's uh, uh, game where man, uh, 40 plus shots on goal for the for the Detroit Red Wings. The the Blackhawks had a lead going into that third period. And then I I, I remember during your I, I believe it was during your locked on now video that you described it as a as the ultimate tank loss where you're keeping you're playing hard. You, you, but but of course, the talent out, out outweighs with, with, with everything. But I, I, it, I think it's I, I think it's pretty encouraging that despite knowing what the Blackhawks are and knowing what the mission is that they're coming out here and, and, and still, and still fighting, fighting for, it, it looks like they're really, really fighting for, for their coach in Luke Richardson, which is, which is very, very encouraging to see. And this is why I see this kind of as a trap game, especially the way they manhandled Ottawa, who is still in the race, kept it up with Detroit and the Panthers. They can't overlook the Blackhawks. No way in hell. Yeah. I mean, the Blackhawks, they're, they're still a bottom team. They're going to have their duds every now and then. But for the most part, these guys have been fighting hard for Luke Richardson. And I think that's probably the most encouraging sign that you could take away from his first year behind the Blackhawks bench. Like the, the losses are what they are. Like, are we really going to sit here and say it's Luke Richardson's fault that the Blackhawks are losing all these games? No, no one's going to pin it on him. And on, on the same end of the spectrum, it's hard to find those positives in a year like this where you're like okay maybe we do have the right coach it's it's kind of hard to find those things but there are nights like Monday night against the Ottawa Senators where the team's skating hard uh in the final 40 minutes they did a really good job at controlling the pace of play and not giving up high danger chances and it was kind of like oddly satisfying not only watching Brady Kachuk like lose his marbles on the ice and get ejected and watching Alex Stalock chirp him off the ice that was awesome but watching this team have victories like that. Like that was honestly one of the best moments of the entire season. No Kane, no Taves, no Domi, no McCabe, no Lafferty. Like the, the team's completely deplete, depleted and they dusted the Ottawa Senators who have all the things in the world to be playing for. Like those are the little takeaways that you, you gotta be happy with in a season like this. And you gotta remember in a season like this where it's so easy to get down on all the losses. There are moments where, you know, there, there's there's signs of life and signs of we have some of the right things going on here. Are all the pieces there? Obviously not. But, you know, we've seen what we have. Our, our general manager has done a great job of acquiring assets and doing his job in the rebuild. And it's 
you know, it's hard to judge Luke Richardson in that role too, but there are little moments like that where you get encouraged that he could potentially be the next head coach of the future. So I completely agree. I think this is a game where the Florida Panthers should come out on the right end of the final outcome, but if they go in there thinking that, who knows what's going to happen? The Blackhawks are still skating hard. They got a lot of young guys who are still trying to prove themselves and cement themselves and their backs are against the wall. And that makes for a dangerous team. Does it also make them capable of losing this one six to nothing? Yeah, but it also is, has them capable of, you know, picking up an upset, upset if the Panthers don't come out on their toes. Yeah. And you, and you, and you said it best. They're playing hard. It's a team that right now has, nothing to lose uh as far as coming into this matchup and then of course uh in a in a season where you know what the expectation is you could see these little bits of growth and little bits of progress and saying hmm maybe this is a guy we could keep around maybe this is a maybe this is a guy who could still use a little bit of development too but jack i, I want to thank you so much once again for doing another crossover uh with me uh another an, another successful one and uh hopefully for for the Panthers, it's a it's a win as far as as far as helping them in the playoff race, and of course for for you, uh, help helping in the Bedard sweep state, sweep states uh, for, for for that. So it'll benefit both with a with a Panthers win, as weird as that sounds. So, uh, but tell everybody where they can follow you online. Absolutely, if you want to check out more on the Blackhawks, you can find me. My personal account right here at Jack Bushman too. You can also find Locked On Blackhawks wherever you get your podcasts for 100% free. And you can check out the Twitter page at capital L capital O underscore Blackhawks. And for everybody on the Blackhawks feed, you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Jack, thank you once again. Happy birthday once again. And enjoy the rest of players week my friend oh thank you so much bro i'm looking forward to it players weekend my birthday's on saturday college basketball tournaments i'm gonna watch the blackhawks probably get crushed in the back-to-back in the florida swing and i'm gonna be absolutely okay with it <laughs> in all the kind words brother uh best of luck best of luck tomorrow night best of luck to you too and i'll see you next time absolutely looking forward to it and if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Still Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to, the, to Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Tyrone Ronda Velez with Jack Bushman. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.